Welcome to PR360, a weekly public relations podcast where we bring on the best and brightest minds in the PR industry. We discuss the important topics that you need to know. Tune in every Wednesday to find out. Hosted by Brett Dicer and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find more information on GlobalResultsPR.com. And welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Dyson. Please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a review. It really does help with the rankings and let us know how we are doing. And subscribe to YouTube for these lovely video episodes as well. But this week, I have Brian Hart with me, and he is the president of Flackable, an award-winning PR relation or public relations agency representing financial and professional services brands nationwide. He bootstrapped it in 2014 at the age of 27, so he is an entrepreneur as well. And we're going to be talking about everything from basically what to do with credibility and all that stuff, all the fun brand credibility that's out there and what you should avoid and everything else. So welcome to the show, Brent. Brent, th- thanks so much for having me. No worries. And the first question I ask all my guests is, are you a coffee or a tea drinker? I, I am a green tea drinker. I have not touched coffee or gone near it for about a decade. <laughs> I'm not lying. Um, I I do, you know, those big, well, I'll, I'll show you one. So I, I got water in it now, but I typically every morning fill one of these things up with green with a cup of green tea or a, a few cups of green tea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, green tea it all has caffeine, so I mean, whatever you prefer is always a good thing. Do you have any like favorite brands for green tea that you like? Yeah, you know, so I I have a couple of infusers. So yeah, I, I don't I I haven't been doing the the bagged green tea recently. I've been going in getting like exotic different. Brand. I I I can't name a brand to be honest. Um, but I I go on Amazon and when I see something that's a cool mix and has great branding and marketing, I I'm a sucker for great branding branding and marketing so when i find one that looks awesome i buy it i think we all are a sucker for really good just slick marketing and hopefully the product is good as well but anyways i gave a brief introduction to who you are can you summarize your expertise to our listeners yeah so so i'm the owner of flackable we are a public relations agency located in center city philadelphia um, we are working remotely now, like a lot of people are, um, you know, due to just you know, the current climate. Um, prior to the pandemic, we had an office in Center City, Philadelphia. Um, optimistic, we're going to get an office set up again, and hopefully in the near future. Um, but uh, we've been working great remotely, and we focus on financial and professional services businesses all over the country. Um, And specifically within financial service, we work with wealth management firms. Um, We represent a lot of firms as small as, you know, a a four person shop um, to like a 30 person shop, you know, and everything in between. That's kind of our bread and butter. And as far as the assets that they manage um, on the low end, most of our clients represent at least a hundred million in assets under management on the high end we go up to like two to three billion in assets under management that's that's our sweet spot will we go beyond that of course we will 
Um, but our, our typical clients fall somewhere in between that, that wide range. Gotcha. I mean, it really would be weird if you didn't want to go beyond that. Just saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, credibility marketing. It's one of those things where everybody understands, but it's really hard to actually do a lot of times, especially when something hits your credibility that you weren't prepared for as well. So what are going to be the bigger, what are the bigger things from the past few years about credibility and branding and brand credibility? And what is your advice for PR pros? Yeah, that's a great question. So the the clients that we represent, as, as I just described them, these are firms who, if they didn't hire us, they just wouldn't be getting press at all. They wouldn't. They would not be getting written up in their local business journals. They would not be in the New York Times or Wall Street Journal. They would not be appearing on CNBC without us. Um, you know, when you're representing bigger brands, you know the big corporate brands, you can just put out a press release, and you know it's going to get picked up by media who monitors for that. Um, when you're working with small businesses, it's a different ball game. I mean, they hire us because they know they would not get any press without us. Um, So when it comes to credibility marketing, I mean, the first part of it is earning credibility by getting them in the press, like I just mentioned. Uh, The second half is leveraging that press. And, you know, for some firms that hire us, I'll explain to them the marketing processes that they need to have in place to get the most value from the work that we're doing. And they'll say, well, yeah, Brian, obviously, like, like we already knew that. Others, when I tell them, they had no idea. They they think of PR as advertising. And, and that's the first thing I explain to them. PR is not free advertising. First off, it's not free because you got to pay me if, if I'm doing it for you. <laughs> and, and, it, but but it's not advertising either. There, you know, when you get written up by a journalist, they are not going to just give you a call to action. So you need to take that press and integrate it into your marketing processes. That's how you convert it into new business. Can can a big feature get you new clients? Of course it can. Of course it can. But if that's your expectation for every time you're in in the press and and you're not doing anything to leverage it, you're going to be disappointed. So that's what I preach, credibility marketing. It's got to be the full system. We earn it. You got to leverage it. And we will coach you how to leverage it. It seems like PR in general needs a credibility check because no one understands it that well. Sure. Sure. And... Speaking of, in the age of overabundance and content and in information, there's just so much of that out out there. How can brands avoid taking a credibility hit? Because I'm pretty sure a lot of times the information may not be that accurate, maybe a little accurate, maybe completely off, and your credibility will be hit because people are, will believe, sometimes just believe just because one of their favorite content creators or brands tell them to. Sure. Well, I, I mean, I mean, you know, information is as accessible as it's ever been right now. There's a lot of misinformation out there as well. Um, if you want to be a credible brand, 
you have to be genuine, honest, and trustworthy. So credibility marketing plays a huge role in that because when you've got, when you are regularly on CNBC as a markets expert, that that validates everything else you're doing on the marketing side. Because CNBC, they haven't officially endorsed you, but they kind of did, right? When, when you are their go-to to, to come on every month talking about the markets or maybe a specific sector, whatever your specialty is, um, they are giving you the stamp of approval. So when you put out all of your marketing documents and whatnot, preaching what you just preached on CNBC, it's all been validated by CNBC, which is credible to a lot of people, not everybody, but everybody has their own media outlets they go to. But for a lot of people, they see that as a credible source. Same as when you're quoted in the Wall Street Journal, or you go on Fox Business, or CNN, or any of these networks. Um, it, it, it validates everything else you're doing on the marketing side. So that's the power of it. But if you're not leveraging it, you're not you're not left you're not leveraging that power that you get with it, and that's a trap a lot of small businesses fall into. They go out and spend a lot of money on PR, but they don't have the marketing mechanisms in in the background to fully maximize the value of what they're getting. Yeah, and what would you say for brands that? Because we have a lot of new up and coming type of, I guess, journalists in a way. We have podcasts, which we're doing right now. We have YouTubers and everything. So how would you tell small brands and every other brand that doesn't really know about these? How do you stay on top of all this stuff and make sure your credibility is, well, in good standing for the most part? Sure. Um, I, I mean, I mean, staying on top of it, you know, there are a few obvious steps, or at least I think they're obvious. But again, I talk to these small businesses and to them, to some of them, it's not obvious. If you're investing in PR, get it on your website. You should have a press page. If you are in the press in any regular fashion, you should have a press page where you share those links. Now, one question, and I'll, I'll, I'll get on to some of the other steps, but one question I get a lot um, from these small businesses is, well, Am, am I allowed to put these links on my website? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I'm not an attorney, but but fair use has made hyperlinks, you know, you know, copyright law through fair use has made hyperlinks, you know, a common practice since like 30 years ago. <laughs> this is well-established law. You can share hyperlinks. Social media could not exist if you can't share hyperlinks. Um, so, and, and I've had clients ask me about that. Are we allowed to share this link? Yes, that, that's been established law since I was in diapers. Like that, yes, you can, you can absolutely share those links. Um, so I recommend putting a press page up where you share all of those links and index all of those links on your website. Um, you can put a banner up. Again, using media logos is another area where people are like, well, am I allowed to do that or not? Through fair use, my interpretation, I'm not a lawyer, but my interpretation is absolutely. Um, if you're representing that you have been published in 
a certain publication. Um, yeah, the, those those logos are fair use. Um, consult with your attorneys. If you have a compliance department, consult with them. But if they tell you what I'm telling you right now, go for it. Um, social media, obviously, get it out on all of your social channels. Every time you've been you know, on TV, quoted somewhere, featured somewhere, get it out on social, make sure you have a mechanism for that. And then email marketing is another easy, obvious step, in my opinion. Um, if you're investing a lot in PR, you should have, if not a monthly in the news newsletter, at least a quarterly where you round up all of your biggest features and get them out to your clients, prospects, your you know and your referral referral sources and everybody else who's on your list gotcha and then what is going to be the biggest threat to credibility in 2022 yeah so I, I i talk a lot about cancel culture and and i wanted to find that because that that term is used so widely and and i don't want it to be misinterpreted um when i talk about cancel culture i'm not talking about boycotting big corporations or whatnot there there has been a lot of good that has come to this country and and pockets of society in this country through big boycotts and 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 people organizing to go against big powerful people and big powerful organizations now this new breed of cancel culture is is different in that they're targeting small businesses now and they're targeting private individuals um not with the attention to change their policies they just want to destroy your life and ruin you um so that's something that it's new um for the small businesses i work with they need to be aware of that um that that there there are people on the internet where if you say or do the wrong thing in their opinions, um, yeah, I mean, they will obsess over you and try to ruin you, either an individual or a pack of individuals. Um, so that it, it's it's scary. I mean, I, I, I have a friend, I'm, I'm not going to give too many details because I, I, I don't want to disclose his, his, you know, business or anything else. But um, I have a friend who owns a restaurant and he serves something on his menu that there's a group of people who are very opposed to it. And they just clobber him with people who are all over the country. He owns this little business, but people clobber him with bad Google business reviews um, because he serves an item on his menu that, that they disagree with. They've never been to his restaurant, um, but they, you know, or on a mission to put him out of business for it. Um, so those are the types of threats that are out there that small businesses need to be aware of. People are, you know, aggregating themselves and targeting in private individuals and small businesses. Now you don't have to be a celebrity to be canceled. Gotcha. So it's almost like cancel culture 2.0, but it's more hyper-focused in a way. Cause I understand what you mean by it, but it seems like the old way of doing it was that you wanted to change a behavior and the new way of doing it is you just want to basically kill, well, not really kill, but like by definition, make it harder for them to live. Sure. Uh, they they want to destroy livelihoods. 100%. Yeah. 
Gotcha. So is there any way that PR pros, even in small business to big businesses, can help, I guess, get away from that cancel culture? So I'm pretty sure businesses are like, okay, sorry, whatever, whatever. We'll do whatever you say. It's almost like a hostage situation between a group of people. Yeah. Well, it's it's I, I, I love that question because it's, it's such a unique environment. We're in an environment where employees, you know, obviously the employment market is a big story right now. Um, we are in an, an employee-driven market and good for people who want to get paid. I am all for working people who want to maximize their income and their lifestyles. I 100% support that. Um, but, you know, it's it's put a strain on small businesses um, where, you know, employees who would have typically lasted a couple of years, now you got to worry about them bouncing six months in. <laughs> You know that 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 is difficult. Now to to attract these new breed of employees, they want businesses to take social stands. They want businesses to to have a backbone and a foundation and a moral standing. So businesses on on the employee front are encouraged to take social stands. But on the social media side and, and, and the cancel culture side, it's dangerous because you could have that one creep, random internet creep, who you offend, who comes after you. So that's that's something every small business needs to kind of, you know, get a hold of um, and know how they're what they're willing to take, what they're willing to say publicly. And the backlash they're able to absorb. And it's it's very complicated. There is not a formula for how to do this well. Um, but but that, it's a healthy conversation that needs to be had among small businesses. Bigger corporations can, can absorb a lot more than small businesses. Um, but but small businesses, I mean, in the talent war and you know, j- just this hypersensitive culture, they got to make some big decisions about who they are. I mean, I, I get that, that portion of it's social good. The problem is with social goods is that you're going to make one group or another upset about the stance you take on. So is this leading us more towards a neutral stance and a lot of times for businesses being like, look at, we don't want to be involved in any of this anymore. We just want to sell products. Well, well, that that's typically where businesses were. I mean, I mean, now you have businesses taking social stands and and evaluating what they're able to absorb and what they're not able to absorb, and they're calculating it. They're talking to legal. They're talk. I hope they're talking to their PR teams, <laughs> you know, before putting these stances out. Um, but but no, I mean, I mean, this is. This is real. Um, you know, the, the new employment market, they want companies who have, you know, philosophical alignment and, and moral alignment with with certain big causes that they believe in. Um, so, yes, are, are you going to turn customers and, and potential employees off when you take a big stand? Absolutely. Um but you're not going to get the, you're not going to get the good clients and, and and the good employees if you don't. That's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, like I said, social goods are good, but it's always going to be the problem of weighing your risks to it because 
one side wants another one, and the other side wants another one. I mean, the right does get well go broke type of a thing. The left is, if you're more ascribed to that, gets hypersensitive to every little thing. So you're really caught in the middle of what do I do? I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't type of scenario. Oh, I, I I agree 100%. Yeah, it, it's it's one of the biggest challenges for small businesses right now. Mm-hmm. And should PR pros be looking for like making maybe doing a credibility plan, kind of like a crisis plan, but maybe a little bit different? Or should the credibility plan be a part of the crisis plan in general, just so you have something? Because, for example, crisis plans never had pandemics in there. Now we have pandemics in it all the time now. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I heard there's a virus going around. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's been crazy. Um, we are in the wild, wild west right now. So we are rewriting the script right now. We are rewriting the rules for society, for business, for communications, for media. All of it, it has been, you know, it, it's still an open template that we're constantly rewriting right now. People talk about going back to normal. We are inventing a new normal right now. Um, there's there's no going back to, you know, March 2020. Um, so, you know, back to your question. I mean, I mean, as far as companies building a credibility plan, um, yeah. I mean, I I I've been advocating credibility marketing for the past decade. Uh, I will never not advocate for it because it was powerful then it's more powerful right now in this climate and in the next decade it's going to be even more powerful um credibility is one absolutely essential uh especially when you're in a digital climate when for these small businesses when they get leads they might meet a lead at a conference or they might get referred that lead or whatnot the first thing they're doing is Googling you. That's the first thing they're doing to see to see if you're legitimate or not. They're all Googling you. Everybody, no, no, I work with these wealth management firms. Who's going to hand over $2 million in assets and not Google the person first? Nobody. Because nobody with $2 million, $2 million in assets is naive enough to do that. They are going to at least Google you, probably be a lot more thorough than that, but they're going to start with a Google search. Um, so building that credibility, when when they Google you and they see the Wall Street Journal pop up when they Google you and they see your Kiplinger column and they see that you've won some awards and they go to your website and see all of that showcased. Yeah, that that's a difference maker. That's the difference between you getting the business or not getting the business. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could even do like an example of shock credibility as yesterday, Xbox or Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard and Activision Blizzard credibility has been hit hard for the past, I would say, almost year. And so, for example, how can you come back from that? Because that is basically... Sexual harassment claims were filed. California is going after them. And the CEO has been basically implicated in knowing about these things. So what if you're a company and that happens to you, true or not, because I'm not saying if 
is going to be true or not. How can you come back from that type of credibility? Because that's, that's a hard one to shake where it's like everybody's like, you're doing something bad. This is morally wrong to a lot of people. So how do you come back from that type of a thing? I, I mean, that, and, and that's the other side of the coin. I mean, you know, we're all about building good credibility, but we do get cases where people come to us because they've had some bad press and whatnot. Um, when it comes to, I mean, you're talking about, you know, bigger corporations. When it comes to small businesses, when we handle these cases, oftentimes it doesn't even get to the press level, but they'll have a big, you know, bad review. Or, or for these financial advisors, they can get marks on their, their broker check, you know, where, where, you know, they have a record now for a complaint or a lawsuit or whatnot. Um, what, what we, how we approach it is the first thing we want to do is get it off the first page of their Google results. Um, because the, the vast majority of people who Google you are not going to go beyond the first page. Nobody has time for that. <laughs> you look at you look at the first page results when you when you do a Google search. Um, there there is like ten percent of people who will go beyond that, but the other ninety percent are going to look at that first page. So if we can get that off the first page, that's the immediate goal. Um, and there are SEO practices and, and just good PR practices that can quickly get those off there so they don't linger and, and cost you business. Now, I, one thing that I think is important to say is we, we don't take on like Bernie Madoffs or, or anyone like that. You know, we have our own ethical standards um, when it comes to the clients that we bring on. Um, so no, if, if somebody came to us who did something horrible and and wrong? Um, we we would tell them we're we're not comfortable working with them. Um, but we've had we've had people come to us where it was something very innocent or or something that they didn't do wrong at all. They had a, a just a bogus lawsuit filed against them that that they were never found in, in fault for. Um, you know, when it comes to money with these wealth managers that we work with. Um, you know, if there there are times where the economy is just bad and and people lose money, uh, everybody does. The wealth managers losing money, the clients losing money. Um, when when you're betting on stocks, that that happens sometimes. So some of the people who come to us, you know, they have clients who lost as much money as everybody else, you know, in the country did. Um, but they decide to file a lawsuit about it. Um, so yeah, we're very good about knocking those off the first page of, of search results. Now, back to your original question, when it comes to these bigger corporations, um, I'm trying to think, I, I, one person I love talking about is Elon Musk, because he is the biggest lightning rod, <laughs> maybe on the planet. Um, and he loves it, and he embraces it. And he, he, I mean, th this guy is Teflon. I mean, he, 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 he can absorb, you know, controversy. He, he lives in controversy, and I respect that. Um, I love troublemakers, even if I don't agree with you. I, I, I love people who stand for something and who don't mind ru ruffling some feathers. And Elon Musk is the perfect example of that. I've written articles about Elon Musk that were very critical. 
I've written articles about Elon Musk that were in complete admiration of what he's doing. Um, he brings that out of people. And I love, as a PR professional, I love that. Um, so Elon Musk, I mean, he, he can cause controversy with one tweet or one blunt that he smokes on a podcast or, you know, anything else he's done. Um, you know, that was just another troublemaker, Joe Rogan. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> so, um, Elon, um, you know, when we talk about crisis situations, he has built a brand so big and and powerful that it just deflects the criticism. And he he can he half of the stuff he does is for his own entertainment because he knows he can do it and he knows it's not going to hurt the business. And as a PR guy, he is an amazing case study for this whole profession about how he's built that, that brand that is impenetrable and how he is literally changing the world. He wants to go to the moon soon. He's going to, he's, he is going to put himself on the moon um, and, and make a big media spectacle about it. And it's going to be amazing. Um, that that's something I admire and appreciate, and I'm I don't agree with all of his perspectives or anything, and that's the thing that gets lost in this climate. We don't have to agree with each other on everything. It's okay to disagree with one another. There there was a time and day where you could disagree with somebody and still admire them and respect them and politely disagree. Um, it's harder to do that in this climate. But, you know, I, I like to remind people, we used to be in a climate like that, and we still can be in a climate like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's Elon Musk. He's one of the smartest people in the world and one of the wealthiest people in the world. Actually, I think he's the wealthiest now person in the world. So he is a troublemaker by his own right. But do you have any actual tips for brands, small businesses? That, may, like you said, maybe going through our other tips, I should say, besides getting off of the Google first page, which I agree, first pages are always the worst because it's like, I hope it's good. Is there any other tips for to help with the credibility issues that they may be actually having? Because there might be other ways of actually doing it. I know Google is number one, but is there any other ways of massaging it through, maybe bringing back some of that credibility? Yeah, so so there are going to be circumstances for some brands where you get whacked with a bad story, where and and I've represented clients, you know, through through my career, where um, somebody high profile, you know, files a lawsuit or or whatnot, and it becomes a big story. I mean, at the very beginning of my career, one of the first crisis campaigns I I worked on. Um, this guy, uh, it, it was a father-son wealth management team. Um, they had a couple of major league baseball players file a lawsuit against them, um, stemming from 2008 when, it, and it was a real estate thing. So everybody in real estate lost money in 2008. Um, these two professional athletes went at them with a big high profile lawsuit and Sports Illustrated covered it. And after Sports Illustrated covered it, everybody else covered it. So me and my firm jumped in to, to play cleanup. Um, they weren't our client when that story broke, but they brought us in to 
try to just salvage, um, you know, their, their livelihood. Um, and these were good guys. I mean, th these are guys I, I still stay in touch with. Um, but you know, they, they were in a terrible climate and, and, you know, they, they got whacked with a, a bad story. Um, so we, we knew that we could not just scrub their homepage of all the articles because it wasn't just Sports Illustrated. It was everybody um, who, who ended up writing about this. Um, so we did a counter article and ran it in a big financial advisor trade publication where they got to tell their side of the story. And, and put all the facts out there. And that ended up ranking above all the bad stuff. So we didn't totally repair it, but at least we put their side of the story out there. So if you're getting crushed, if you're a bigger brand and you have a real crisis um, and, and the facts aren't exactly right, get your story out there as soon as possible. And you should probably work with a PR consultant to help you get it out as soon as possible and get all the facts out there to counter whatever, you know, negative or false narratives are out there. Mm -hmm. It's almost like nowadays you could do like, like you said, articles, you could also do podcasts, you could do a myriad of different things to help with that because I feel like people may not always read, but they'll maybe listen to or watch. So it looks like you could do a myriad of those things just to help yourself out nowadays because podcasts do get you ranked as well now too. Sure. No, I have 100%. All right. And fun question for you. If you could create a tool kind of like the Staples easy button that would instantly help your, or make your credibility easy, what features would you have with it? Uh, for credibility. Um, so one of the things that, that I built um, and I'm so proud of, and, and I love talking about is my, um, client portal. Um, so our clients can actually log in at any time and get real metrics on their credibility. Um, you know, we, we built the whole, you know, reporting process around credibility and credibility marketing. Um, so, you know, that, that's something that I give to my clients now, um, you know, if, if we could go beyond that for everybody, I would say the metrics that are most important when it comes to credibility are domain authority. Now, domain authority is kind of a made up metric by we, we use Moz, um, but but there are a lot of SEO tools out there that have their own domain authority measurement systems. We use Moz. We recommend Moz. We love Moz. Um, so looking at your domain authority is, is a very good indicator of your credibility and tracking that on a regular basis and seeing its growth is a fairly accurate indicator because that domain authority is mostly driven by backlinks going back to your site from high authority websites like news websites, which is what we specialize in getting our clients in. Um, so I would definitely recommend tracking that. And, and I, I have no financial relationship with Moss, by the way, I'm not, I'm not plugging them to plug them. I just, I, I admire what they do and whatnot. They have a toolbar that you can download, um, 
an ad to, they, they have a Google Chrome extension um, where any website that you go to, you can see the domain authority. You can see yours and you can see the domain authority of any other site you go to. That is a, a wonderful barometer of your credibility. Um, other than that, um, you know, it, it, it starts to get a little bit, um, I, 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 I don't know the right word for it, but, but you start to, you know, kind of use judgment when it comes to other barometers of media credibility. Um, you look at the quality of the publication, you look at the volume of press that you're getting. You look at the website traffic that, that that all accumulates into, and and you kind of get a feel for the progress that you're making. Now, there are other metrics out there. Um, ad value equivalency is one of them. That's not one I endorse. Um, I've my entire career, I've 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 encouraged PR people not to use that, and I know a lot still do, um, it, but it's not one I use and. And not one I'll ever use, um, but 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 there are other barometers for for your media success. Gotcha. Any final thoughts for listeners? Um, when it comes back to credibility marketing, you know, if, if you're in the PR field, wh- whether you're in house, whether you're agency like me, it's so important to have these conversations with the brands you represent. Make sure that those marketing teams know what to do with with the press that you drive for them. And if they don't, be ready to give them instructions or tell them to hire somebody who can come in and help them. A lot of small businesses, they they don't maximize their press because they don't have anybody on their team who is capable of of handling it. You know, they, they spend all their money on PR and they don't have that marketing person on the other end to do something with it. Um, so if you identify those situations, be ready to, to recommend somebody that they can bring in to do it. Um, because if, if they don't have that element, they're never going to get the maximum impact of all the work you're doing on the PR side. All right. Thank you, Brian, for joining the PR 360 and sharing your knowledge about credibility in brands and everything in between. Brett, appreciate it. And thank you for listening to PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave your review. It really does help with the rankings and let us know how we're doing. And subscribe to YouTube for all these lovely video episodes as well. And join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Get to making your credibility as can or great as possible. And see you next week. Later.